If you will take your Bibles and turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17. We're going to begin reading a story from Jesus. And, and as we look at this, it starts like this. As Jesus continued, verse 11, As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered the village there, ten lepers stood at a distance. Now, lepers would stand at a distance because that's what society required. Lepers were those, as today, still have leper colonies where people have a skin disease that affects their body. And actually, it is a horrific disease with no type of cure. It's terminal. It's also, it, it distorts life. It distorts the appearance of people. And therefore, they would be declared unclean by the priest. And they had to shout unclean if you got too close so you would not go any closer. A leper could not touch you nor invade your airspace. They couldn't get in your face. And so they're, they're out there at a distance from Jesus. They're not going to become close because society would not allow it. They begin crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They're crying out. They're being heard. They're desperate. I mean, they are really, really desperate. They're dying. They're dying a painful, horrific death. And so he's saying, Jesus, have mercy on us. Please have mercy on us. Probably in unison, all ten of them. I'm sure it was quite loud. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Notice this. He says, I know what's wrong with you. I hear your cry of desperation. And now I want you to turn and go to the priest. And you will be healed as you make the turn and go. And so they begin to turn and go. Now, why is that important? Because the priest had declared them unclean. And the only way they could be declared clean and be able to connect back with society was to let the priest declare them now to be clean, that they had been healed of their leprosy. Two things would happen. They would go and they would bring a sacrifice and say, we have been cleansed. We are no longer a leper. He would examine them, look at them and say, you're right. You're no longer a leper. And Leviticus is going to tell us the only reason someone would no longer be a leper is that God was the reason. It would take a miraculous act of God to intervene and it really healed the leprosy. So they had a, a process of de- declaring the leper. And then they had a process of declaring him clean by the act of God. So God, Jesus said, when you go and tell the priest that you're cleansed and you're going to tell about me, they're going to know that I'm God. Real simple. And so that's what took place. Now, they were cleansed. As they went, as they began to make the journey, their body was getting better. It was getting healed. It was getting whole. And so one of them, verse 15, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! Praise God! Praise God! Wouldn't you do that if you'd been healed of leprosy? I would. Praise God! I'd be so excited. I'd be jumping up and down having a good time. Praise God! Because I've been healed. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Interesting enough, he was a Samaritan among nine other Jews. And normally, Jews and Samaritans did not intermingle, except when you got leprosy. It really doesn't matter what your ethnic background is. Misery just loves company. And so, they were all together. And also, one guy comes back, and he realized the first person he had touched in years was the feet of Jesus. Pretty amazing. And so here we are going through this, and look what he said. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? 
Where are the other nine? In other words, where are the other guys? And that's a question we need to answer today. Where are the other guys? And the, the thing I want you to make sure of is that I don't want you to be, and I don't want to be a part of the other guys. I want to be the guy that knows how to be thankful, to be grateful. And so, has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. The question is, where are the other guys? I want to talk to you just about that for just a brief moment. There's two things I want you to know about today. Number one, gratitude is a response for grace received. Gratitude is, is what comes when we realize we have received the grace of God. The grace of God is receiving something uh, uh, that we don't deserve. And also, the other part of mercy is not getting what you deserve. And so, it's a, it's a combination of these two things. They were crying out for mercy. Give us something we don't deserve, but please don't give us what we do deserve. And so they were saying, please have mercy on us. And Jesus had mercy on them. And he extended grace to them. And they were miraculously healed of their leprosy. They understood that he had the authority to do that. And so now he has extended grace to these ten men. They have received something they did not deserve and did not get what they did deserve. They were now different because of Jesus. And as one guy is making the journey, he is realizing he is really healed. There's nothing, he has no skin discoloration, nothing's rotting off. It's amazing. He's going, I am healed. And he turns around with great excitement and enthusiasm. He says, praise God, you've healed me. Praise God. And he falls at his feet and he worships him in gratitude because he's received grace. Guys, we need to know how to be grateful. Every day of our life, not just Thanksgiving week and not just when times are really, really good because not every day is a good day. As a matter of fact, the truth is most of us have more bad days than good days. And we all deal with bad things that happen in our life and tragic things. And, and so we come to understand that how do we live a grateful life sometimes in the midst of great difficulty? The grace of God shows up and he begins to minister to us and meet our needs. Learning how to be grateful no matter what. And it becomes something that's, that's basically intentional. The second thing I want you to look at is thankfulness is both intentional and visible. Simply put, it's something that's seen. When Jesus said, where are the other nine guys? Hey, what he was saying is, you may be thankful in your mind, but that don't count. You know how we always say it's the thought that counts? Not when it comes to thankfulness. The words that count. A couple of newlyweds, they'd been married just a short time, and and uh, husband decided to get him a new pair of pants, and he took them in his wife, and he said, honey, would you please iron my pants? I got some wrinkles that have been folded up in the store, and, and would you iron them out for me? I want to, I'm excited about wearing them to work today. And she said, oh, yeah, I'd love to, honey. And she got those things, put them on the ironing board, cranked up the iron, put it on, and scorched his pants to where he could not wear them. He comes in, he's first of all disappointed, and he's going, oh, that's, you know, he, he really wanted to wear them. He was kind of, didn't know what to do, but he was saying, I really want to be thankful. Lord, help me to be thankful, even though she's messed up my pants. And so he looks at her and says, I'm thankful my leg wasn't in those pants when you are there. Thankfulness is intentional and visible. 
You can't keep thankfulness in and call it thankfulness. You can't do that. And I'm convinced today we need to become a very thankful people verbalizing that. Does that mean everything's fine? I don't want you to, to lie. That's not what we're talking about. Don't want you to fake it. I want us to get to a point where we realize how we can be thankful. Even when we, we don't realize sometimes the good down the road. To be thankful that no matter what we're going through, God's going to be with us. To be thankful that for some reason there's a plan. When Jesus said to this guy, where are the other guys? Didn't, I mean, I healed all y'all. I mean, all y'all are good. You're good. And, and, and y'all begin to think about these guys. These nine guys, maybe, maybe they were in a hurry to get to the priest because they were afraid it wouldn't last. Maybe that's it. So they were in a hurry. Or maybe their mind was cluttered with all the new possibilities of life. They're going to be able to get back into the mainstream of life and, and they're going to be able to, to, to hold down a job and go to the marketplace and all the world's just been radically changed. And maybe their mind was just too cluttered thinking about all the stuff. Maybe they were excited about seeing their family again and hugging their kids and seeing their wife. You see, we, we kind of want to jump on these nine guys pretty hard. I can't believe they didn't come back and say, they were, they were, they say thanks. can't believe they didn't come back to Jesus and say, thank you, Jesus, you did great. But the truth is, Sometimes we are the other guys because we're in a hurry. Our mind gets cluttered. We get excited about other things and we forget to be thankful. We mean to be thankful. We will be thankful some point, but somehow we don't get there. And again, going back, it doesn't matter if you think you should be thankful and it's crossed your mind to be thankful. Being thankful is intentional and visible. Jesus said, where's the other guys at? He wasn't reading their mind. He was looking for action. I say that because today we need to be a people who verbalize our thankfulness more than we do and share it in ways that really, really make a difference. I ask you a question. I'm going to give you a chance to do that. Uh, we saw our, our amazing preschool choir up here. And they were adorable, singing about Jesus. How many of you were really thankful for them? Applaud. Yeah. Wasn't that great? Thankful. Some of you came because you were thankful. And, and here's what you got to do. When, when it's over, you, somewhere today, today, sometime, grandparents, parents, aunts, uncles, you need to say, thank you for getting up there on the stage and singing about Jesus today. That's what you need to do. I mean, I, I, really, that's what you should do. It took a lot of courage to get up here and look at y'all guys out there while they were singing. I'm thankful for our youth that show up every Sunday here. Appreciate you guys. I'm very thankful. I want you to know that I, I thank God for you, that you're a part of our church and part of what we do. And I, he's got a great plan for your life. How many of you are thankful for our youth? Just applause. Here you go. Should be. That, that tells you we have life. Amen. Now, youth, you get to be thankful too. 
because around you is a lot of old people. <laughs> you know, we're probably not as old as you think we are, but we know. And you guys bring such enthusiasm and excitement. You bring us a chance to change. But also there's these older people that try to meet your needs in many ways and and have wisdom to share with you and have an example to provide for you. And I hope that you'll be thankful for them. Would you let them know you're thankful for them, Randy? Would you applaud? Would you applaud? This is, thank you guys, awesome. This is what we do intentionally. We don't just talk about what we ought to be thankful. Well, I know we ought to be thankful. The Bible says we should be thankful and God wants to be thankful, so I guess someday we'll be thankful. No, intentionally you become thankful. You thank God for the people in your life. Some of them you don't want to thank Him for, incidentally. Some of them have not been kind to you. So why would I want to thank God for them? Because they're still teaching you something. God's still using them. It may not like what they've done to you either. But we thank God that his plan is being worked out down the road two weeks, two months, two years. I don't know. Some have experienced all kind of pain from situations, circumstance, or people. And he says, I want you to give thanks in all things. Why is that? Because thankfulness opens a door for God to do something else. Hear this. Please understand this. When the guy came back who had been healed of leprosy, which was a great thing, when he came back with thankfulness and said, I want to thank you for healing me of my leprosy, it opened the door for God to do something else in his life that was even more incredible. Because when he came back, Jesus said, I want you to know not only have I healed your leprosy, but your faith in coming back and being thankful has allowed me to do a greater work of grace in your life. I'm going to heal you completely. Your sins are forgiven. He used the same terminology he did with the woman with the issue of blood. That, hey, I'm going to do a complete work in your life. I'm going to bring another blessing in your life. You're now going to be really right with God all the way through. And so he not only experienced a physical healing, he experienced a spiritual healing. Become right with God. Do you understand that you do not get to the next thing God wants to do in your life till you deal with being thankful for what He's already done? Now, I say that because sometimes we get stuck not being thankful and we can't move forward. And we wonder, why can't I move forward? Why ain't God doing more? God's saying, well, I'm here waiting for you to be thankful because thankfulness prepares your heart for me to do the next thing. You got to get that. Now, the next thing may be something you don't expect or maybe something you don't want, but God still got it covered because it has a purpose. And so he's saying, I want you to know I'm here to do the next thing with you. I want you to learn how to be thankful. In our season of thankfulness, we need to learn how to be thankful. We really, really do. Don't be one of the other guys. Uh, let's do this. I, I want to. I'm very thankful for technology. A guy named, uh, a pastor named uh, Martin uh, Rinkhardt, he was a German pastor, pastored during the, uh, the 30 years war. It's a time where war, and for 30 years, 
a lot of refugees because of war. There was the, the results of famine and then pestilence and tragic death. He was one of four pastors in Ellenburg. And um, one pastor left because the conditions were so bad. He just left and abandoned his post. The other two died and uh, Rinkhart did their funeral. So bad was the death that he would do up to 40 to 50 funerals a day. And in doing that, he actually did 4,480 funerals in a matter of months. In that same year, one of those funerals was his wife who died in May. I don't know about you, but that's a lot of tragedy to be surrounded by. That's a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. And a lot of questions certainly rise. He is most known... He wrote several hymns, but he's most known for a hymn that's titled, Now Thank We All Our God. A man who has been surrounded by death, even the death of his wife. He wrote this song or this little hymn to teach his children how to respond to God each day like we were teaching our little children how to, how to sing about God, he was teaching his children how to sing, about, to sing to God. And here's the song he wanted them to sing. Now thank we all our God. Here's what it says. Now thank we all our God with hearts and hands and voices. See, it's intentional and visible. Whose wondrous things hath done, in whom this world rejoices, who from our mother's arms hath led us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. This is from a man who did 4,480 funerals and one being his wife. We thank God today. He taught his children, let's thank God today. Let's be thankful. Let's be thankful. What about you? Have you allowed God to do a work of grace in your life? Really? Have you finally had that moment where he's said to you, your sins are forgiven. Your faith has made you whole. Has that happened in your life?